All right, everybody, welcome to the eighth episode of the Backseat Huddle podcast. I am your host, Tristan Weber. And this week, I'm going to be starting out with the Dallas Cowboys, who absolutely crushed the Chicago Bears 49 to 29. And I have a request for everyone that is watching this or listening to this right now. Please do not blow this out of proportion. Dallas does this every year whenever they have a good team. They blow out a lesser or not so great team, usually at home, and then everyone makes a huge deal out of it about how they're an elite team. They're a Super Bowl contender. We're going to the Super Bowl, and this is our year. Let's rein it back a little bit. We have seen this show before. They beat Washington 47 to 16 in 2019. They beat the New York Giants 44 to 20 in 2021. They beat Washington again in 2021 56 to 14. And they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 51 to 26 last season. They're just the Cowboys then, and they are just the Cowboys now. And that's not necessarily a bad place to be. There are teams that would love to be where the Dallas Cowboys are right now. But let's not act like they are all of a sudden a juggernaut just because Dak Prescott is back and they beat down a team that is quitting on defense. The Chicago Bears right before this game just traded away one of, if not their best pass rusher and Robert Quinn. And then immediately after the game, they traded their best player on defense, Roquan Smith, to the Ravens. This team is quitting on defense. Now, the, the Dallas Cowboys are still a very good team. I am just not buying them as an elite team. In an offensive league, they are significantly better on defense than they were last season but they are not as good on offense as they were last season. Losing Amari Cooper is not a small thing. We watched him play very well on Monday night. And throughout this season, he is still very much Amari Cooper. Here's the thing about this Dallas Cowboy offense. As we know, they're good, perhaps very good. But where are they special? We know CeeDee Lamb is very good. But do we think he's special? And we know Dak Prescott is good, very good, but do we know he is special? And then this team also refuses to start the best running back on their roster. Ezekiel Elliott has never had a three rushing touchdown game. In his very first start, Tony Pollard had a three rushing touchdown game. And one more thing that everybody seems to be overlooking in regards to the Dallas Cowboys playoff hopeful success is Mike McCarthy. Does anybody watching this actually think Mike McCarthy is a great, good, very good elite coach? Do we actually think that this is a guy who had a losing season with Aaron Rodgers? Do we really think and anticipate that he is a good to great coach and is going to, and that the Dallas Cowboys are going to have a coaching advantage at any point during the playoffs when they get there. It is very easy to hide those deficiencies when you are playing a not so great team like the Chicago Bears. Now, all that being said, the Dallas Cowboys are very much a contender to get to the Super Bowl. 
but it is not necessarily because the Dallas Cowboys are all that or they're great, but it's because the NFC as a whole is not as strong as we are used to it being. With the LA Rams failing and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers failing, there are two what we expected to be juggernauts in the NFC that are just not going to be there come December, January, and potentially February. So if the Cowboys are going to make it to the Super Bowl, it's going to be because they're in the NFC, not because they're an extremely great team. On the other side of that game, Justin Fields looks like he could end up being a Lamar Jackson-Patrick Mahomes hybrid. And I know that it's early to say that, but his play style looks very similar to both of theirs to me. And maybe it's because I am not a Bears fan and I haven't watched a ton of Bears games, haven't watched a, Justin, a ton of Justin Fields. But I'm of the opinion there is a lot to like about Justin Fields against what people consider to be the best defense in the NFL or one of the best defenses in the NFL. Justin Fields went 17 of 23 for 151 yards, three touchdowns through the air, eight carries in 60 yards, and another touchdown on the ground. Four total touchdowns against one of the best defenses in the NFL is impressive any way that you look at it. Justin Fields was responsible for every touchdown the Chicago Bears had. The announcers mentioned it in the broadcast as well. Each week, he has a wow play. They're just looking for him to be more consistent. And a great example is the throw down the sideline up to Velas Jones Jr. that he dropped. That was an absolute dot. They also mentioned that the Bears have multiple 21-point comebacks this season. That does not happen if your quarterback sucks or is talentless or just isn't any good. Your quarterback is your catalyst. The offense has to run through him. And for him, he is a part of these 200-yard rushing games that they are having, and he is the catalyst to those games. The Bears really need to get Justin Fields surrounded with some offensive weaponry. They need to help him up front, and they need to help him on the outside because right now it feels like the Bears are damned if they do and damned if they don't. They don't pass block very well right now. And on the plays, they do pass block very well. It feels like you look downfield on the replays and there's just nobody open. So the Bears are very fortunate right now to have someone like Justin Fields that can move around in the backfield, kind of get free, create a little bit of time for the receivers to get open, to find some space and to make things happen. Otherwise, this situation could be significantly worse. And Justin Fields shows fight every week and leaves it all on the field every week and takes a beating every week. And we see it over and over and over again. The good news for the bears is that they have a hundred million plus in cap space. And I would, which is actually pretty close to double what the next closest team is. And I would expect the bears to invest heavily on the offensive side of the ball this off season to see if Justin Fields is the player that they expected him to be when they drafted him and they need to, they absolutely need to go out and get Justin Fields, a wide receiver one. And there are three very recent examples of why Josh Allen took a big jump when he got Stefan Diggs. Jalen hurts took a big jump. Now that he's got AJ Brown 
And Tua Tonga-Vailoa looks to have also taken a huge jump now that he has Tyreek Hill. And if you want to even make it in a nutshell, uh, it's worth mentioning that Joe Burrow struggled this Monday night now that he doesn't have Jamar Chase out with a hip injury. And Jacoby Brissett, half of his passing yards on that same Monday night game went to Amari Cooper. If the Bears do end up going all in this offseason on Justin Fields and getting him help up front and getting him some help on the outside, I would not be surprised at all if Justin Fields takes that Jalen Hurts type of jump next season where he moves himself into that franchise quarterback category and you can really see the player he is and who he is becoming and what he's actually capable of. Moving on. The San Francisco 49ers continued their regular season dominance of the Los Angeles Rams, moving to 8-0 since Kyle Shanahan got there. They, they took down the Rams 31-14. to In San Francisco, the San Francisco 49ers are going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. They do everything well. They have playmakers everywhere. And there is only one thing about this team we all don't like. And that's the quarterback. But that clearly has not stopped them from having success in the past. Last season, obviously, the San Francisco 49ers went to the NFC Championship game. And they are better right now than they were last season. Ayuk has gotten better. Debo Samuel has improved. Ifunga is proving to be, hopefully I said that right, Ifunga is proving to be a difference maker on the back end of their defense. And now they've obviously just added Christian McCaffrey, who is passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, and receiving touchdowns all in one game. So outside of Jimmy G, who you may not love, I may not love, what's not to like about this team? I mean, we might not like Jimmy G, but all he does is win. All he has done since he has gotten there is win games. They have weapons all over the field. They're getting healthier. They have guys everywhere on offense, and they have a great defense to go with it. And moreover, one thing the San Francisco 49ers have right now that basically no other contender in the NFC can say is the 49ers have experience. They've been to a Super Bowl. They've been to an NFC championship game. Who else can say that? The Eagles haven't. The Cowboys haven't. The Vikings haven't. Who else in the NFC can you point to and say, this team has experience. All those teams right now are on the outside looking in. So the San Francisco 49ers are my pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this season. And they very much feel like they're in a great position to do it. Otherwise, it was nice to see some scoring this week. The NFL felt really underwhelming through the first seven weeks. And even the broadcasters were bringing things up like, you know, this defense is going to make them go on 10 to 12 play drives and they're going to make them drive the length of the field. They're not going to give up any cheap touchdowns. And we, the viewers, kind of suffered for that. And it wasn't as though it did kind of feel like the NFL just wasn't that good. But moreover, it felt like even the good games that we saw against the Bills versus the Chiefs, it was kind of a lot of dink and dunk offense. And it's not as exciting, at least in my opinion, for us as the viewer. But this week, it was not that way. Uh, seven or eight of the games hit the over on points. And there were some big plays 
and some reasonably high scoring games and quite a few of those high scoring games were reasonably close as well. The Dolphins and the Lions was a tight game. The Panthers and the and the Falcons was close. The Vikings and Cardinals was back and forth. And at times before it became a blowout, the Chicago Bears and the Cowboys game had some intrigue as well. And overall, it feels like as of week eight, the NFL is hopefully trending back toward that quality of play that we had seen the past couple seasons, you know, with the big plays, the exciting plays, the highlights that we all like to see. And it was nice to kind of get back to that quality of play that we are used to seeing. And I hope that the NFL continues to trend in that direction versus what we had seen in the first seven weeks where things appeared to be a little sloppy, you know, a lot of dink and dunk offense. So I really hope moving forward, the NFL continues toward this trend that we saw this week. In addition to that, the past two weeks have really fleshed out who the contenders and who the pretenders are this season. And there are a there is a very small number of legitimate contenders who can make it to the Super Bowl. And it feels like there's even a smaller number of teams who have a real shot to win the Super Bowl this season. As of week eight, the end of week eight, the teams that can make it to the Super Bowl are the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Ravens. And the Ravens would need some help to get there. But that's seven teams. Everybody else, it does not feel like they're a legitimate contender right now. And coming into week eight, we had some questions about some teams, the confusion about, hey, is this team real? Is this team a pretender? You know, is this team a contender? What is this team? Teams like the Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Rams, the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, and perhaps even the New York teams, the New York Jets and New York Giants. There were some questions about how good of a team they actually were and what the quality of those teams are and are they legitimate deep postseason threat. And it feels like at the end of week eight, those questions have kind of been answered and we know what teams are what and what teams aren't. However, of that list, I would feel very uncomfortable completely counting Tampa out of it. Now, up to this point, Tampa hasn't looked like a good team and their record reflects that. And perhaps this is me being a Tom Brady homer. I'm a big Tom Brady guy, but I feel like he's earned the right not to be counted out at any point, just simply due to the 20 plus years of dominance we have seen out of him. If it feels like if anybody can write that ship, no pun intended, it would be Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. However, up to this point, this version of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has not proven that they can really be or do anything. I just feel uncomfortable completely counting them out of it. So to wrap up my show, I'm going to go ahead and move up to best and worst of the week. Best of the week is that man in Carolina, B.J. Walker, had the throw of the season this week against the Falcons. Even Patrick Mahomes tweeted about it. It was incredible. What a throw. And it's it's so nice to see something like that out of P.J. Walker and the unusual quest that he's had to the NFL going through the XFL, where it's just like, you just love to see it. You know, he's just bringing some life to the Carolina offense, and it's a bummer that they didn't win that game after that throw. However, as of week eight, He's been named the starter in Carolina. So congratulations to PJ Walker for chasing his dream and becoming a starting quarterback in the NFL. So congratulations to you, PJ Walker. 
And lastly, worst of the week, the Devontae Adams trade looks terrible right now for both parties. We are at roughly halfway point of the season, and it's just safe to say it was a bad trade. The Raiders this week got shut out, and Devontae Adams had one catch for three yards and zero touchdowns. And the Packers, on the other hand, we've it's been beaten to death. We have seen their, their receiving core struggle due to youth, inexperience, injuries, so on and so forth. I'm not going to beat this up. But right now, the Packers would be better if they had Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams would be better if he was still with the Packers. So overall, that trade has really proven to be a mutually not great trade for both teams. And it's sad because they were really great together, and it's sad to see the, that divorce happen the way that it did. So that's it. That's my show. Thank you for tuning in. Take care, everybody.